Hi, and welcome to Walking Backwards. I'm Brad Grimet. My guest today is Colin McDonald. Uh, he's a newer operator, um, and I specifically had him on for that reason, um, for a different perspective. Somebody who's hasn't been in the business as long as I have, is a little younger than I am. And um, yeah, it was a good talk. It was great. Um, he's a smart guy and, and, and fun to listen to, so I hope you enjoy it. And as always, if you want to email me, you can email me at walkingbackwardspodcast at gmail.com. Enjoy. I am sitting here with Colin McDonald. Actually, I meant to ask you, it's not Mick, right? It, or is it Mac? Is it? I mean, it, it, rolls, off, it rolls off the tongue the same way. But it's M-A-C. Yeah, it's Mac. MacDonald. Actually, Mac you know what? No, I do put a hard Mac on there. I, I, I do kind of hit Mac harder than okay. Mick. Yeah. All right. Okay. Now it's definitely we... not a... We've got that yeah. clear. Mm-hmm. Cheers to you. I've had having, enough. I've having had, beers on a Sunday. I've had I've had checks misspelled so badly I couldn't even deposit them. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, because people get that so wrong sometimes. It's, it's McDowell every time. It's oh. MCD. I've had MCDOWEL. Like, are okay. you even trying? That's weird. Yeah, that's bad. Uh, well, at least you're getting checks. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of checks, what what kind of stuff do you work on most of the time? Because I looked at your IMDb. And it's like 8,000 projects. None of which are good. Well, no, that's not true. Two of, two, two of which are good. <laughs> I, can, I can definitively say I've worked on two good things. No, but I, I've known you to do like music videos, yeah. which I think probably a which lot of Which don't end up on there. Aren't there. Yeah. And, and then I, but I see short films. I see, yeah. um, you know, stuff that, some stuff I recognize, but some stuff I don't. Yeah. Um, what's your, like, because you're, I'm going on, but you're fairly new in the industry. Yeah. Um, so what do you what do you mostly work on? Um, I'd say my my bread and butter right now is music videos and commercials, and that and that ratio kind of can fluctuate. I can have stretches where it's really heavy in music videos or really heavy in commercials, but there's always like a little day playing. I'm still in the world where I'm working on things where they can't afford full time steady cams. So it's you know if I work on narrative, it's day playing. Right. Or if it's a TV show, it's like come in for seat camera or second unit or fill in for somebody for a day or two or work on a show that doesn't have a steady cam period and just has like two regular operators and then jump in and do right you know, steady cam for a for a, for one day on a, on a tv show or something right and then never see them again <laughs> <laughs> well my my experience you said you do a lot of music videos i well i love commercials so <clears throat> um that's how i kind of started my career but Music videos, my experience is they started at this crazy budget yes. a while, 20 years ago. Yeah. 20, no, more than more that. More than that. 30 19, years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they've, they've gone down yeah. precipitously. They've yeah, they've tanked. Yeah. <laughs> and and my, my thing has been for quite a long time now, just say no. Like, mm-hmm. if they even ask me to quote a music... Nobody calls me for music videos right. really anymore. But if they do... And I'm not saying... That sounds pretentious. I don't mean it that way. I'm just not in those circles of people. Yeah, um, it's a it's a pretty it's a particular yeah kind of if you work on them you guys. get called yeah. for them right yeah and and I kind of just started saying no or quoting like way more yeah. than I should ever quote uh-huh. even for anything else like yeah because what you get is like oh we swear we promise we swear on our mother we'll only do a ten hour day. Yeah. It's a flat rate, and then you come in and you do 19 hours yeah. in yeah. the rig. It's is like, that your experience, or 
Uh, no. I've been pretty lucky. I'm still not 100% jaded on that. I'm actually, I actually have more issue with commercials than I do with music videos. I tend to just get called for ones that are, like, I mean, if you've done them enough, you can sniff out the bad ones. It's pretty easy. Mm. Um, the language they use. I mean, I'm, I've, I've done enough that I know, like, which record labels are fun to work with, which producers' names, which production companies are people who I'd who I know are always going to put on a good show and stick right. to their word and stuff like that. Or you and, had a bad experience and to avoid or... Yeah, I've, I've, I've really never had that bad of an experience. My longest days are commercials. My, like, horror story 19, 20-hour days are all commercials, I think. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's interesting. I've, kind of, I've, I've, I've definitely not had the horror stories that a lot of people have had about music videos. Certain artists that are notorious for being super late or being constantly right. you know, drunk on set or something like that and, you know, showing up six hours after call and ending up being, you know, a 20-something. I just don't have those. I just haven't had those days. That's or too many of them or I've wept them from a memory. I don't really know. I can't right. think of any offhand that are really bad. Right. That's funny. I mean, my experience with them, I'd say in the, it would have been the mid-2000s was that every time they, every time they wanted Steadicam, because the budgets went down so much, every time they wanted Steadicam, it was to use for every shot. Yes. Is that the same way? Um, it depends. I mean, generally, I was actually just talking with a producer about a music video on the, on the drive here, and he was telling me, oh, the director only shot listed six Steadicam shots. And we were both like, haha, yeah, we know that's going to change. I mean, it's, it kind of goes like that, but luckily, you know, the, the, a lot of the DPs I work with, and if, if I worked with the director before, I, I kind of know which guys really stick to shot lists, which guys are doing, you know, well, there's two kinds of music videos. There's a storyboarded music video, you know, and generally it's some little narrative with cuts to performance, and usually those are two separate. You just shoot the band, and you shoot a performance, and then you shoot a narrative thing. That's a pretty much, that's like, that's like the template for a lot, for most music videos. Sure. And there's some that are purely performance. Well, you'll, you'll, you'll shoot the whole song Good God! Beginning I did one. Yes, I did one the other week on a big camera, and it was a country video. And I think we probably did. I think we probably shot the whole song probably thirty-five to forty times, four minutes each time, and that was ridiculous. In the in the rig, were they yeah. were there other cameras or just you? No, just me, just oh. me. Um, but were, were they giving? Let me ask you: Were they yeah. giving you good direction as to where they wanted you it was for certain parts of the song? I mean, it was basically, um, we, we would, we would change, I mean, we shot, we, we, we shot multiple locations for the performance. So we, I think we probably shot six different locations and mm-hmm. we probably shot each of those five or six times mm-hmm. or something like that. Some, something So it wasn't like that. 35 in a row? No, no, and it, it wasn't 35 in the same location. <laughs> Which would have been brutal, been but it's still super brutal, yeah. like what you're talking about. You're yeah. also talking about packing your gear and moving it six times. Yeah, that's actually is, the most annoying. <laughs> that's actually oh, the thing terrible. I hate. That's the thing I don't like the most. How far is the push? Oh, can we drive? Oh, all right, fine. Do we have a van? Those are always the questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then is the van sharing with Crafty? Because that's always that seems to be a, <laughs> that seems to be no a way, really. Thread. Oh yeah. Oh. Every time, every time I work at the first day, scene, he does the prep, and he's like, "Oh yeah, we have a camera truck with air quotes." And you get you show up to set, and there's a bunch of picnic table or not picnic tables, like fold out tables and chairs and, and cases in of there. water. And the the biggest set piece, the art design, some giant paper mache head or something is in there in front of all the camera gear. And then they just go, well, we could have brought it in our cars, and this would have been easier. Oh, but, man. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, yeah. that's too Well, bad. that brings me back a little. I mean, in a certain way, you kind of have to go through that. You kind of have to yeah. deal with, well, I found, 
and tell me uh, if you agree. I found that I had to experience bad and good to know the to difference. know what good is. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah. Um, well, it's it's a very difficult industry. I mean, I, I I don't know what your experience was starting out, but a lot of people don't seem to have like. I know I had no clear direction when I started out. Right. So the way you find a direction was finding out what you don't want to do. Right. If you check enough no's, you'll finally find one, and you'll 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 end up kind of no. That's a good that's setting a yourself off no, on, it's a, on great... a trajectory that ends up being what you want it to be by just by eliminating what you don't want to do. No, it's a great point because when I would I was a PA in Florida when I was first starting my career, and I had shot news previous to that, but whatever. So I I I'd always loved camera, but. I started, I worked with every single department. I mean, I helped wardrobe. I helped, I helped anybody who needed help. And you kind of work with them at certain points, whatever. And, like, when I worked with Electric, I'm like, these guys are cool, but, man, the cable's heavy. Yeah. Like, grip was fun because, yeah, you know, they have dollies and especially they kind of build with, stuff. And, especially if you grew up with, like, an erector set or, with like, connects or something. It's all the little pieces fit together. Right. You can build these cool little things. I loved build. I started as a grip, so I loved I loved building rooms. Right. I love finding you, weird places to get cameras and right. figuring out how to make things work together, going to modern and being like, ooh, what, what you have this attachment. Cool. Oh, now I can do this to this. And right. There's a lot of fun stuff right. um, in the grip world. Um, well, in, in some ways, that relates to Steadicam. I mean, you can do different kinds of builds with your camera, and yeah. it's it's very kind of choose your own adventure. Oh, I'm 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 I never. Ooh, I'm saying this out loud now. I never I, I never tell production that I go, but if they won't pay for prep, I'll usually go anyway, just because I like it. Same I like here. I like I like going to the big houses. I like going to Panavision. I like going to Kessel. It's, I like tinkering with the cameras. And, right. It's not that I like going because I generally yeah. do the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's that. We've, it's necessary. Ourselves. No, it's necessary. <laughs> yeah, it's necessary. Yeah. Especially with, I mean, back, I mean, back in your, in, in when you were starting <laughs> out, back, back in your day. Um, <laughs> oh, well, there was like man. Two, there was like two cameras to, that you shot with, and so I'm sure I've heard this story from a lot of guys from the film era that until the digital cameras started coming around in like the early 2000s, that it's like, oh, we're shooting with a platinum or shooting with a lightweight. Cool, got it. Don't need to know anymore because you could only build it like one way. So all the guys, they never even touch their rigs. They don't, you know, I think, I mean, I think. That's so funny. I think the opposite. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah, because you ever, you ever, have you ever shot on a 435? I'm sure you have. I haven't actually shot on a 435. No. Only the LT. Well, you see the, the, the mirror sticks way down, scoops way down. So the PL mount is here. And then there's like a mirror yeah. thing that yeah. sticks down. It makes mounting motors on a prime lens really weird and hard. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. So. Prep was necessary, especially when your assistant might do things different than mm-hmm. your other, than your last yeah. assistant or whatever. And so, I felt like prep was way more necessary because now it's now most of the cameras are kind of the same more shape. More modular, too. an F fifty five, an Amira, an Alexa, a, a whatever. They're all kind of this square rectangular right. thing. Yeah, and you just put rods on them, and you go. You know, yeah. it, it's it's it was more about getting motors on there and stuff. Interesting. Yeah, because a lot of the and and also the lenses. All the lenses now are really. Like when you when you have lenses on a show, they're all the same size. Whether you have a bunch of different zoom lenses, they're all generally the same size and weight. Yeah. And 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 prime lenses generally the same size and weight. Of course, when you start going anamorphic, that changes. But yeah. th- it used to be the same for for non-anamorphic. I mean, look at Panavision Primos, the fifty mils, a monster, oh, yeah. and then so. 
I, I think it was way more important back then than it is now. Interesting. Which is which is funny. Yeah. But but I regardless of all that, yeah. I, I like going now. Yeah. Because number one, sometimes I don't know all the assistants yeah. or not super well. And it's like a relaxed kind of It is. Atmosphere it's very sad. It's very it's very relaxing. I always have a good day when I go to a press. So your gear goes on the truck. Yeah. Yeah, and you build it once, and yeah. you make sure that if they at six a.m. when our call time is, if they're like steady cams up first, yeah, we're you all pop on the same page. Ready to go, yeah. right? And it's necessary to the point where you don't even need to touch your arm or something. I'll tell a I'll tell a quick story about this exact situation. I did this movie, low budget movie, but with a giant star and a big director, like big, big, both big, yeah. and uh, and they refused me prep. I said, but I really need it. We, you know, what if we're steady cam on day one, on you know first thing? Mm-hmm. They're like, you'll never be. Yeah. Okay. I said, well, There's just no so such you thing know, as just so you know, industry. if it happens, <laughs> if it happens, it's going to take us a while. And the yeah. first time we do steady cam, it's going to take a while. Mm-hmm. And that's not me trying to yeah. bullshit them into a day. Yeah. It's me just being honest with them. Like, yeah. and the problem is they're in a moho somewhere. Yes. I'm on set, and they're yes. like, why is it going to take 45 minutes? Yeah. It's like, because they didn't, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's all hard come, to... Come down and watch. Right. Come, come down and watch us take these plates off and rebalance things. And Right. If it's a film camera, change the different mags out and add a throat adapter and do all these weird things it takes just, to Just all between. the stuff that has yeah. to happen. And, mm-hmm. and, and, so, um, and so, anyway, the night before um, the, the, the movie started... It was a 7 a.m. call in Hollywood. And at 10 p.m. they called me and said, oh, my God, Steadicam's up first. What can you Naturally. do? Naturally. Yeah. And I said, what do you mean, what can I do? And they said, well, we, you need to fix this so that you're ready to go in the morning. <laughs> and I said, no, I, I already did everything I could do. Yeah. And they said, what? And I said, I told you I needed a prep just in case. They said, well, it's too late for that. And I said, I know it's too late. Well, what can you do? And I said, it's too late. <laughs> We're going to build it in the morning. And they're like, well, can we give you an earlier call time? I said, fine, give me an earlier call time. But I knew we couldn't be in this neighborhood. We we're shooting at a practical house right. in Hollywood. 7 a.m. was the yeah. earliest. I said, give me, give me the, you know, yeah. any pre-call you want to give me, that's fine. And I'll do my best. I, yeah. I'm, I'm here to work with you. But yeah. this, I can't. Fix my way out of your problems. It is you know? nice to it is nice to like even like over the phone or over an email be like ooh someone's learning something right, right. Now. you can feel you no, can it, feel no, someone learning they, something yeah but it sucks going, because the next guy's not going to get it this bad. yeah but they blame it on you <laughs> of course they, they you yeah. know if the director goes to them why isn't he ready they you yeah. know they'll blame it on oh he didn't tell us he needed a prep or whatever yeah I mean, I'm not saying everybody but yeah. you know but but you know what saved me on that job the star was four hours late great. On day one. Perfect. And by the way, the first shot up was the biggest Steadicam shot of the whole movie. That's great. And it, and I had tons of time to rehearse it, and it worked out fine. All, yeah. But if she had showed up on time, it, it wouldn't have been a shit show or anything. Yeah. Um, but, but, that, but that heat and that pressure would have been there. Right, like, and it just would have been like, oh, like, well, if... Someone's, if, someone's worried right now. If we had had time to prep, we would have known that I like to do this this way and you yeah. like to do this mm-hmm. this way, and we could have gotten that cable yeah. and that bracket yeah. or that whatever. Making changeovers faster right, just and compromising little tiny things and balancing things right. and more motors go. And, right, right, yeah. right. So... Um, yeah. But uh, to change the subject, you told me you were telling me a story earlier about your job yesterday on a beach. Oh, riding yeah. on a beach. 
Oh. I found it interesting because what you, and I don't know if you want to just say it yourself, but yeah. you gave, you hassled yourself yes. over your shot. So I, go, go, tell I, me what I, I negged myself into doing a better shot. <laughs> I was, I, I was thankfully working with um, one of my favorite first ACs to work with. Shout out to Rich Hawkinson. Um, and. What kind of job is this? Music video. Okay, right. Yes. Um, it was one of those ones that you take for the connection, and we knew that, and it was a, it was great. It was a, it was a really really fun time. It was the kind of thing where we were just like you know we'll we'll worry about we'll worry about money particular, later. Yeah, we'll worry about that later. Just forget. Just for, just, <laughs> we'll have fun. Let's forget about it for now. The more right. I think about, it, the more the, the the sillier I'm gonna feel. Um, and he is a really sarcastic. Uh, Rich, the first AC, is a really sarcastic, um, dry guy, kind of like me, and. He will give me endless amounts of shit all day long, being like, "Hey, uh, should we shoot a little wider so we can stabilize it in post?" He's that kind of guy. He just he just craps on you all day okay. long, and it's great. It's it's great, honestly. Like I was telling you this earlier. I I mean, being from Massachusetts, that is that's positive reinforcement. If the guy has, if the guy thinks you can take it, it's a compliment. He's gonna, it's a compliment. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, what? Yeah, it's. If, no, I get if he's it. insulting you, he knows that you can take it. Right. It's more of a compliment than no, it is. No, which an is insult. a compliment to say this guy's yeah. cool and tough and whatever. Yeah, yeah. in whatever, Massachusetts, whatever. if sure. someone's being nice to you, they think you're a pussy generally. <laughs> right. That's generally how it goes. Everybody's always so nice to me in Massachusetts yeah. every time I go. That's fine. Well, there you go. You got your, you got your answer. You got your answer. Um, no, but I was telling you, and not to yeah. interrupt your story, but everybody has their different motivational yes. and you were telling yeah. me that's kind of yep. your yeah your motivation I, I do well with negative reinforcement I, <laughs> I, I i i love a good i love a dp who or a director who goes hey your horizon was off on that shot and i go great can i see like either i'll go oh yeah i felt it i, I saw where it was or i'll go oh crap i didn't even notice that one can you show me and that's that's right. a lot better than going so that was great but uh-huh yeah that's that's the worst. Yeah, that's but that's the not negative. That's just telling you in the in a direct way. No. No, sure. That, that that's kind of a different sub. That's kind of a different a different, uh, a different example. Yeah, a different example. Can we use an example that works? Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, back to the one. Sorry, I'm going back, back to, to the one. You. Yes, back to the one um, I was talking about on the beach. <laughs> I was sitting on the dog. The the artist. We it was. Yeah, I mean it was yesterday. It was 55 degrees. And wind was blowing very fast, and this artist had to be naturally in a in a flowing small black dress on the beach, and she was freezing. So we had some time in between takes where she would be warming up and oh, gotcha. stuff like that. Um, oh, on the on the beach yeah. with the wind blowing. Yes, uh, and I was so so. Sounds I, awesome. So I did this. So I did the shot. I mean, it was like it was the like it was the cocktail of the worst things you can have on Steadicam. It's like sand running, natural horizon. The actual horizon, yes. which is the, the hardest thing in the world to shoot against, obviously, because yes. it does not lie to you. You can't be like, oh, this house looks like it's a little, this house looks a little crooked. They, they built every, that horizon favorite. off level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, <laughs> can't, you, you can't do that on the actual horizon. So I was just doing this shot, and I was constantly fucking it up. I just couldn't stay flat, and I was bouncing all over the place, and it just wasn't looking good. And I was sitting there on the with my arm were on you, the... Were you running backwards, forwards, what? I was run. It was like a profile shot. I was kind of running next to her, oh. shooting into the ocean. Which, Sideways, yeah. right? Side, so yeah. she's she's running down the shore, basically. Yeah, and, well, I kind of started behind her. We're running, and you wrap around. We're running little. with the with the water on our left. She's running forward. I kind of started behind her and wrapped and wrapped from a follow shot into a profile shot. And um, 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's a yeah. It was like the devil's cocktail of, of bad yeah, sand, 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 wind, running in d- in that deep sand, natural horizon. Had. Yeah, it was, were you wearing shoes? I was wearing shoes. We yeah. were in that nice spot where you know where the tide comes up to. The so sand's kind of hard, soft, but it's not lumpy. It's actually like I mean, yeah, yeah. The sand was it's smooth and hard. It's actually like one of the best surfaces to, oh, to operate on. Yeah. Oh yeah. It okay. actually kind of cushions your feet. You feel really. It's gross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love that. I, I've I've always wondered what that word. There's got to be a word for that. The area between the dry sand and the water right. where the sand is wet and hard. There's obviously, I'm sure there's some nautical term for it. Um, or something really stupid I just can't think of. But No, but that's way better than being in oh, the park God, that yes. never gets wet yeah. that's super oh, God, lumpy. Yes. Yeah, right. that's when you take the shoes off and right. well, roll the jeans up. and yeah, um, Jeans, oh. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, I'm, yeah, so I just I messed up the shot like three times in a row. I just couldn't get it right. And we, we were shooting like 90 frames a second. And we watched a few of them back and we're like, well, that helps. Well, it's not, it's, except well, with the, well, it's not good when, when you watch it back and you're shooting at 90 frames a second and there's still only about two seconds of usable footage in there. You're like, wow, this shot is now three and a half minutes long and there's about three seconds of usable footage. Yeah, that's great. That's good, good stuff. That's real footage right there. Um, but, so uh, how'd you fix it? I don't know. I, I literally just negged myself into doing it better. I sat there with my arm on the docking bracket with the camera racked, talking across the stand to, to my first AC, and he just and I was just like, man, I just can't fucking operate the way I used to. I think I peaked. I'm going, I've been going downhill ever since. I can't do these goddamn shots anymore. What the fuck is wrong with me? Blah, 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 blah. Pick up the shot. Do it perfectly. Whole thing's usable. I, I got more 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 usable pieces in one take than I did in the previous like five. Right. It was yeah, and so I was just, that the last one you did? Yeah, yeah. And everyone goes, oh. great, that was awesome. I, you know, it was it was a DP I'd worked with for the first time, a director I'd never worked with. Right. And I could just you know, they, luckily they knew it was a difficult shot to begin with, so they weren't like. But I could feel them kind of being like, oh wow, we're actually not getting usable footage out of this one. And finally, to to get a to get a really really good one was nice, but. Well, the good thing about music videos is they're always usable. Everything you shoot's usable. That's a, that's the unfortunate thing. Is that no, 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 you no. see the final cut and you go, "Oh my okay, god, fine, they use that." But when yeah. when people when when directors act like it's not usable, it's kind of funny because it's like it's a music video. Oh, and the things that are important to you us. You can use a shot of yeah. a blank white wall, and somebody will call it art. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and the thing that's and also the things that matter to us. I mean, I like to think I'm pretty artistically minded, and I and I know what. Um, works and edits, I think, to a degree. and But obviously, as a steady cam operator, you're always going to be looking at your horizon and your footsteps and really, really particular little framing things and your, you know, side-to-side drift and it, whether the camera feels like it's on rails or floaty. Or, you know, you're paying attention to things like that. And, and I mean... Some steadicam operators don't have that eye, let alone a director or, uh, or you know, a, a, some DPs definitely can see that stuff, but some of them don't. And what's usable to them is not necessarily what's usable to you. you know, I you, think that's you, true you, for, a, for a lot of steadicam operators. Yeah. They're, they're much harder on themselves than anybody else. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and just from, from doing this, I mean, I haven't been doing it that long, but even as long as I've been doing it, I can, I, I, I can tell in my Instagram photos, I can see when something's off by less than a degree. On the horizon and stuff like that, like that stuff, I can see that now. Well, while you're operating, you can feel it. Oh, totally. Yeah, right. you can totally feel, it. and you can see the line. You can see the leading lines. You can see the verticals. You can see. Yeah, but even if like, there aren't verticals, yeah, you can feel it. Oh yeah, you can. Yeah, you can yeah. feel it, and yeah. especially yeah, and your your intuition's usually right with stuff like that because I can, I can 
I, I've done shots and I can feel it in my hand that I may be a little off and I go, oh, well, maybe that worked. I didn't really see it in the monitor and then you watch it back because, you know, you're looking at the monitor from an odd perspective. You're not really looking at it completely flat on. So sometimes things can be deceiving with like... You know, you haven't gotten used to that or you don't... It still bugs you? Because um, I feel like I've gotten super used to that. Like... But, well... I, 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 I would think I've gotten pretty used to it, but there's. Uh, but what I'm saying right now is I'm I, I'm still surprised sometimes ah. that when I go, ooh, that didn't feel as bad as it looked, or okay. it, or something, or or actually what I was getting at is it felt like it wasn't right, but it looked right from where I was looking at it, and then I washed it back, and it did not look right, mm. and I and I go, oh, hmm, my 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 hand was more correct than my eyes were there. I could mm. feel that it was off, and it was off. Right. I, I've had I've had the experience more. Um, I know what you're talking about, but more, excuse me, more often than not, it feels really bad to me, and then I go, oh, it was okay. It was pretty good. <laughs> it may not have been perfect, but yeah. it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. You yeah. Know? I, I, I don't, I definitely think, well, uh, there's a weird thing that I feel that, like, my brain does when it comes to watching this footage. All these little, the little tiny parallax shifts you get from seeing footsteps or a little side-to-side shimmy or things that look really unpleasant to me. My eye for that can sometimes be, like, I feel like both things are advancing as I get better. Um, My eye for what's good and my ability to accomplish what's good. And sometimes my eye can outrun my ability, I feel like. Like, there are times where I think I I can see... Things that look now that are that are now bad to my taste that weren't bad to my taste six months ago, mm. or I couldn't even see that it was wrong six months ago, right. and my ability just hasn't caught up yet. And I'll, I'll and like like my eye will get better. I'll start seeing a bunch of mistakes that I was doing. I'll watch back old real footage and stuff and be like, "Why use that in my reel? What the fuck was wrong with me?" And Eventually, I, I start to identify those little things, and then my ability can kind of catch up. Right. But there's there's definitely times where like I, I, uh, I can see, I can I can see more than I'm capable of yeah. doing. Yeah, I get what you're saying. For sure, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Okay, wait, let's change the subject. But okay. first, let's open a beer. Yes. You may as well, even though you have a tiny yes. bit left, since we're opening. Yeah. Can open Minimize up. opening time. <laughs> yeah. Um, cheers. <laughs> but. Uh, I wanted to ask you because I think it's interesting. You were a grip for a while, then you were like a head tech, like yeah, I worked with technocranes. But, but more yeah. interesting to me is that you, am I right that you were in the military? Yes, that was correct. Wh- which branch? I was in the Marines. Marines. Yeah. So, okay, so it's very curious to me. You're from Massachusetts, Boston area, Western Mass, middle Western of nowhere. Mass. Yeah. Okay, where UMass is, if anyone knows where that is. Got out, it. out in the kind of country. The Pixies side. do. They know where. Yeah. They named a song mm-hmm. UMass. But mm-hmm. anyway, <laughs> so uh, so you joined what out of high school? I took a year off. I went to college just because everyone kind of went to college, and you're not going to do the thing that all your friends aren't doing. So I, I actually always wanted. I was always interested in the military growing up. My grandpa was a Marine in World War II. Mm-hmm. Real, just stone cold badass. Typical, mm-hmm. you know, story. He was in Guadalcanal and. Um, Midway and the whole Pacific, you Crazy, know, uh, yeah. f- uh, First Marine Division um, over there under MacArthur, and you know. so there was an underlying thing. Oh yeah, and, and I was I was just a 
a boy. You know, I love tanks and planes and missiles and sure, blowing yeah. stuff up. I love that stuff. I was sure. always into that. And so I actually, my plan for most of my adolescence was to join the military. And then I got to the end of high school, ended up with this really, really awesome group of friends who I'm still in touch with a lot of them. And I was just like, why would I, why would I leave these guys when I can continue hanging out with these guys? Mm. And then I went to a little, I didn't try very hard in high school. Um, I kind of coasted on test taking ability and didn't, didn't do my homework. Uh, real down the middle average student. And uh, uh, didn't really AKA, get it. AKA stupid. Uh, well, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> well, stupid in terms of lack of planning. I don't find yeah. you. I don't find you to be unintelligent at all. Yes. I think you're a really smart guy. So do, I, I'm just making yeah. a joke. Yeah, just no, making I know, a joke. I know. But I know. quickly, I want to find out how how the, how the military brought you into the film business. Well, you know, because I think yeah. a lot of the structure of the film business is is very yeah. similar it's, to the military. It's very similar. A lot, a lot of personalities are similar. Right, and I personally yeah. don't know that, so mm-hmm. I'm just curious, like, yeah. you know, we don't we don't have to talk about this forever, but, yeah. like, just, you know. Um, well, uh, yeah, so, but anyway, so I went to college briefly, a crappy little state school, dropped out before the first semester even ended. I went, I went home right. for Thanksgiving break and never came back. Yeah. Just hated it, couldn't stand it. I thought it was stupid and useless. My teacher, I went to a pretty good public school in high school, and my teachers in college were legitimately worse teachers than they were in high school. And right. I was been being taught roughly the same curriculum. And it was like, what am I doing here? I'm not right. learning anything. This is dumb. I'm drinking on Tuesdays, and that's the only reason I'm here. Um, uh, yeah, Just Tuesdays. No, we would have 30-pack races on Tuesdays. That's what, that's what kind of backwoods Massachusetts trash we were. 2.30 is a Keystone Light, two guys per 30-pack. On Tuesdays, and we sit around and watch like Always Sunny or something. All right, there's two, there's like three problems with that. One is Keystone. That, two was, is, <laughs> that was not a problem growing up. Two is two guys. 30 stones, 15 bones, baby. Two is two guys. Yeah, no, you're you're averaging 15 beers each. Be a man. On a Tuesday. Drink all three. <laughs> I think I've probably done that at certain points in my life. <laughs> okay, sorry, I got yes. I got a soundtrack. So, so you were like, fuck college. Yeah. This is not that, for me. Yeah. It's it's just an extension of high school, which is yeah. what it sounds like. Hundred yeah. percent. And this this <clears throat> except without the trying. school that I went to was known in our part of Massachusetts as the high right. school round two. Like thirteenth grade. That's where people right. went with their friends from high school if they there's didn't know what those, they were doing. There's yeah. one of those yeah. everywhere. Right, yeah. Right, right, right. yeah. So so you're like, I got to do something better. Or well, I sat around and did nothing for for you know the better part of I wouldn't say no. It was it was something like seven or eight months where I. I um, trying to figure it out. Yeah, I like ended up. Um, um, my my mom had moved away from where I grew up when I went to college, so I didn't. I couldn't just go home. So to stay in the area, I had to get a little cheap apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually I was living in a. My friends of one of my best friends growing up, his dad owned a motel like one town over. And I just like stayed in a room there for like two hundred bucks a month or something like that. Mm. And I delivered pizzas and uh, worked at worked at what I considered growing up to be a very very cool restaurant. But then when I actually worked there, I was like, wow, I'm, this is where I'm not going anywhere here. <laughs> I, I really idolized this place when I was growing up, and now it's not as cool. Right, um, right, right. But, so then, so at at some point, you you were just like, yeah, I, I, went, got, I have to yeah, change my I, life. I went and talked to a recruiter, um, and they did a good job selling me. On everything because it all sounded great. It all sounded like stuff that I was already into. Did you Did you go to Paris Island? I did. Went, went to Paris Island. Yeah. yeah, I've been there multiple times. Oh, really? I had a good friend. I actually I had multiple good friends who 
uh, w- went to boot camp in Paris Island. Mm-hmm. I've been there for a graduation. Yeah. W- I've watched guys fall flat on their mm-hmm. face from yeah. passing out yep. during graduation. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep, the it's e- brutal. Yeah. Yep. But I love, but I love Beaufort and that little town there. And yeah. um, we never, uh, you didn't we get, never you didn't got get to there see. when nope. you were at nope. they, they bus you in. You fly into who? Where do you fly into? I forget. Charleston, maybe. Yeah, it would be Charleston. It's like an hour. I think, yeah, I think we fly into Charleston and then maybe take a small plane over some somewhere closer. But anyway, buses pick you, you up. You could fly into Beaufort. They may, yeah, I think it might have been. Yeah, yeah Beaufort yeah. Air Base, right? So right. they, um, well, it was all commercial at that time because we were not yet part of the U.S. government. Yeah, we all flew, you know, commercial oh, airlines. Oh, they didn't into, fly you military. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I wonder if commercial planes land at Beaufort. I think some do. Maybe little puddle jumpers or something. Maybe, Maybe yeah. But anyway, so they... Well, my friend was air traffic controller there. That's they, why I know this. They bus anyway, you, go on. They bus you in. <laughs> they bus you in at night to make sure you're disoriented. And so you don't quite know where you are. Because a, a lot of kids will run. They get they'll get to boot camp. They'll be a few weeks in and they'll, they'll go nuts out. and they'll and they'll go take but off. But they'll remember seeing a store up the street or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, no and, way. And Harris Island is an island. There's a little causeway. No, I know. Yeah. And um, you have to, and they do a really good job telling you there's alligators in the water, even though I don't think there is, but there might be. Who knows? But they they make sure that you do not want to run because yeah. there's only one way off base. It is a road that's obviously heavily guarded, so you got to f- swim through the swamp or wade through the swamp to get back to town. Yeah. And a handful of kids do that every every you know every oh. every month or so. Did you ever be... think about it? No, no, I'm not that stupid. Well, no, 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 no. And also, t- I mean, I was just, I mean, uh, you know, growing up in like a real hard, uh, a real, you know, growing up in New England in that era was sports are the most important thing in the world, and you don't quit. Quitting is for right. Fucking losers. Right. So once you start something, you don't stop it. Right. So that was just always in my head. Like, it, it, that, that mindset never even existed to me. Was, what, it, was it that hard? No. It was, it was much more. High school football was much more physically harder. Right. Our, and we had a monster of a coach who destroyed us in high school. Um, but um, physically not that hard. It was mentally difficult. You know, yeah. it's, they really do a good job of kind of breaking you right. mentally. And so just you, you got to let go of what. You know, kind of who you were before that, and what you your expectations of a, of a normal day were. Right. I never gotten up at four in the morning before in my life, and sure enough, you know, four <laughs> in the morning up, eight eight o'clock, uh, eight o'clock to bed every single day for thirteen weeks. Yeah. Um, so where? So did you? Um, I've never asked you this before. Did you serve overseas, or where? I was in Japan for a year, but I never got deployed. I never like got. You never got um, deployed to a war. Yeah, and, to to the right. Middle East or anything. Right. Um, yeah, I got. Where were you in Japan? Uh, a little, a tiny little base called Camp Fuji, which is literally on the side of Mount Fuji. It is the most gorgeous place I've ever been in my life. Crazy. Or one, or one of the. It's really, really incredible. My my dad was in Okinawa. Yeah. He well, was army. Yeah, but... Okinawa's not very nice. It is hot and muggy and disgusting right. and not very and pl- you were pleasant in, to look at. You were in we were grade. in the mountains. It was like Colorado. We were like up in the mountains, like 3,000, 4,000 feet up. Really? In these gorgeous rolling hills in the, in the Japanese countryside. It was wow, cool. absolutely beautiful. Why is there a base up there? I couldn't really tell you. It's an art, I mean, it's. A, I know it's an art, I mean, it's, it's, well, what were you doing? It's, well, it's specifically an artillery base. Oh, um, yeah. but I think there's just it's just I don't really know exactly why the the base is where it is, but I mean it's it's, it's just probably because it's been there. It's and been just there, leave and, it there, and and the, right. and, the <laughs> and the hillside of and the hillside of Mount Fuji is very flat. It's a it's a volcano, so it's, right. it slopes up very gently at the beginning. So I think they just had good places to shoot. 
with nothing. I mean, J- the Japan's a very densely settled country, so I don't think there were too many places where you could fire right. artillery rounds with abandon and not have to think about where they landed because they were landing <laughs> in the side of a mountain and the, no, there was no, you know, there was no. Uh, there was oh, no, you were talking um, about practice, not about. Oh yeah, 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 right? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So, but so the stru- did the structure of the the Marines. Um, because I still don't know why you got into film. Like I don't really just know been either. a film lover. Or? No, not really. I mean, no. I liked movies growing up. I didn't know why. I wasn't a guy who loved cinema. You know, I wasn't one of those guys. Well, what was your first job when you first got into the in the business? Was it whether it was a PA or whatever? Or I never or have actually PA'd a day in my life. Okay, which is I, well, I, what what have you done? That's I like bullshitted my way into your gripping. day one. Your I, day one was gripping. gripping. Yeah. Because right. someone, I'm, I'm a big guy, um, so people were like, oh, you look like you'd be a good grip. You can carry some stuff. And you have a monster beard, so yep. you, you fit right in. And I, I went to Do you have a... tattoos? You don't have tattoos. Nope. Yeah, yeah. Nope. So you got to wear nope. long sleeves. I'm not, so I'm not, you, I'm not divorced. I don't wear New Balance. I, I don't fit into a lot of the stereotypes of grips. <laughs> um, but uh, um, it, but sounded, it, it sounded right. You know, and it was building things and stuff like that. And right, I, sure. I actually went to a bar where we've met each other for drinks before the den where a bunch of guys hung out at the time they don't hang out there anymore but a bunch of guys hung out there who were grips like union grips you told me this yeah. i totally forgot but please continue yeah yeah, yeah. so you yeah. ended up on a and they were just kind of like yeah you could do it and they weren't i was like can i come to sit with you guys and they were like well no you can't come to sit with us but you can go figure out how to do it yourself right and so you know he gave me there was one guy i forget his last name his first name was jeff but uh um, he basically just told me, like, you need to know, like, these four things. You need to know what a C-stand is, the knuckle goes on the right, a sandbag, and a floppy. And you'll figure the rest out on set. When someone asks for a C-stand and a floppy, you know what to get. He it's didn't like, teach you how to s- tie any knots. No, that's no, too much time. No. Clove <laughs> he, hitch. He showed me some Clove stuff. Clove hitch on, takes you about show, three sh- minutes to learn. He showed me some stuff on my phone, or on his phone. It was like, yeah, just let, that's know, about it. know what these are. And so the first job I was on... Um, uh, there was a guy on there who just graduated film school, so he was super green, but he kind of knew what he was doing. He was also gripping. And I would listen to what they would ask for. They'd go, hey, I need a, a 4x4, a 251 on a C-stand in front of the 1K. And I would go to this guy, and I'd go, hey, what's a, what's a 4x4, a 251, what's a 1K? And he'd point at it, and I'd go over and put it up, and act, you know, I just appeared like I knew what I was doing. And I had, this, <laughs> I had this really generous guy on this first set, knowing I didn't know anything, and he was willing. He let me just whisper in his ear um, wow, what everything funny. was, and then he told me what it was, and I went and put it up, and I looked like I knew what I was doing. That's hilarious. And then on the second day of this little short I was working, I think the first thing I worked on was a short. On the second day of this, there's a dolly shot. And I saw the dolly track, and I was like, that's my thing. Right. That, I like that. Yeah. Oh, we're moving? We're moving stuff now? Great. Love it. Right. And uh, they were like, oh, so you're going to level the dolly track? Where I was like, yeah, totally. On it. How do I do that? How do I do that? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, it, it made sense to me. I mean, <sighs> like, the, I, I, you know, I grew up playing with, you know, erector sets and Legos. And I get it, though. Technical stuff. You're, you're starting from zero, yeah. but you're, and you're excited about it. Yeah. And, and it, but, Which is but, cr- but it, cool. But it made sense to me. It all yeah. made sense to me. All the, the way things worked, the way things fit together. Right. The way the dolly track worked was... It just, it all made sense. And then I just, I pushed it. I just pretended I'd done it before. I pretended I, you know, no one really asked. No one said, oh, did you do this in film school? It was a small enough, crappy enough shoot that, like, no one really cared what anyone was doing as long as they did it. Right. Um, or where they came from or what their experience was. You know, that, that brings me to a thought. A lot of jobs in the film business, like, no one gives a shit 
whether you graduated from middle school. That is one of my favorite things about the film industry. Um, if you can do the job, you can do the job. Yeah. And and a lot of times, Steadicam included, you don't know if you're good at it until you do it. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> operating, even gripping, whatever. Yeah. Like Certain departments, there are certain things you can do, which yeah. is cool. Um, cameras are a great one because because like firsting is so different than seconding is so different yeah. from loading or and you can really find dit, your niche and really find and what operating you like. super yeah. different. So like those don't really train you to do any of the other jobs no. almost. No, but <clears throat> but they're different, so you can find your place. Mm-hmm. Gripping is kind of the same way. If you want to be a dolly grip, that's one thing. You know, but I mean, it, if you want to be a hammer, yeah. you can just build twelve bytes yeah, all day. But 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 it is a little more fluid, which is cool because you'll be a dolly grip on. It's it's not like uh, you know where maybe starting out or in film school, there's yeah. some people who be oh I first did on this job and I operated on this job and I shot at something else, but. That's kind of unusual. Once you get past a certain level, you kind of gotta, you kind of gotta hit what you're doing pretty hard. No, no, no. What but I in mean the gripping is, though, world, when you you're trying from, things out, yeah. you can learn. But even, even right. in high level gripping, you can be a hammer on one show, and you can be a dollar grip on another show. You can that's be true. a rigger on one the, show. You could. Uh, that's true, but that yeah. that's normally only true for guys who are trying to move into sure. pushing. Yeah. Um, the guys that are dollar grips already. Oh, they may go in on a big yeah. like if they're, you know, for example, I've worked in different yeah. cities around the country. Those guys might go in on a big movie when it's slow as a hammer, yeah. but generally they're like a dolly grip. Period. Right, right, right. Like, and they're really but, good. But even so. then, but even then, I've, I've, even on some of the the TV shows I've worked on where the, the the average age of the of the crew is you know forty five or fifty. Once the dolly's set up, the dolly grip will go set up a four by. But you know that's just depends on your. Yeah, dolly I'm sure. It, I'm, I'm sure it depends on the guy. But it I've does seen, depend on the dolly yeah. grip, and and it depends on if it's for your camera or not. Or sure, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, and and it depends on the key grip because sometimes the the key grip is very like no when you're not doing anything you work for me kind right. of thing mm-hmm. and it's it's very that can be a funny one because I've known even on 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 some larger uh, whatever larger shows I've done that the key grip will make the dolly grip stay even after camera wraps. And help wrap and stuff. And on some shows, they don't. Like normally, they oh, just yeah. park their dolly wherever it needs to be parked that night, and whether it be on like the an truck. Would. Yeah. Right. Whether it be on the truck or wherever, uh, clear out their dolly track, clear out any of their gear, make sure that's all right, and then they're home. You right. know, then yep. they go home. And other guys yeah. are like, no, 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 no. You pack that shit up and then come talk to me. And it's like, well, we got rigging that needs, you know. Interesting. So wait. Inst- so, okay, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I instantly. Took to dollying. I loved it. Yeah. I, I still love it. I think it's awesome. Every time I get to, every time the dolly grip's not looking on a show, as long as it's not union, I won't get yelled at. I'll, you know, play around, boom up and down a few times or push it around, hit the brakes. I, I love those things. I, I had such a good time doing that. That's funny. It was the first time. Yeah. I mean, and that was the first time where you're like, you know, if you're, if you start out gripping or peeing, it's like, oh, you know, I'm on set, but those guys are making the shot. And dolly gripping made me a part of the shot. And I loved that. I loved sure. having an influence on it. I loved having a little touch on it. Right. It felt really, really good. And I'm assuming that that, that got you into like head tech stuff. That, uh, dolly gripping, um, yeah, it was actually pretty serendipitous because. Uh, one, uh, on that first job, the guy that ended up being basically the DP that called me for the first three years of my career was wow. um, shooting on that as like a second camera. And I did that. Wait, shooting on that? What is the, that? On, on the first thing I worked on. The little, the little oh, short where I figured that, out what I wanted to do. On that project. Got it. Yeah. yeah. And so he called me back almost immediately. And I was like, really? I'm getting callbacks? I was just so 
smitten. I loved it. It was really, really mm-hmm. fun to that that original feeling of starting to get called back was really, really fun. Um, and but then so I did a few features with him as a grip, you know, making freaking buck, buck fifty a day or something like that. Um, and then um, there was a feature he was going to do, and then they actually ended up going with a different DP, and mm-hmm. I stayed on, and. Um, Oh, so you got hired, and then they at the last minute. Well, I, go, kind of me like and it. him were going to do this movie as we'd done before we're previously. Key grip? I was going to dolly grip on it. Oh, okay. yeah. And it was a, it was a musical movie, and so there was a lot of performances and stuff like that. I was really I was really excited. You're to like, do oh, it. it's going to be a great dolly movie. Yeah, yeah sure. and it was. It was fun. Um, but uh, they went with another DP for some reason on that, and that DP ended up liking me, and, and he goes. You'd be really good at techno cranes, and I go, "What the hell's that?" Or I, I think I knew what they were at that point, but he was like, "I was, I was like, really? Those techno cranes?" He was like, "Yeah, dolly grips do techno cranes at high mm-hmm. level." He kind of explained that to me, and he knew um, Randy Johnson, who used to be the marketing rep at Panavision Remotes, mm. and they were friends, and he introduced me to him, and. You know, I wasn't working a ton. I was working enough to pay my rent, but I would just go into my off days, started sweeping floors. At Panavision. At, at Panavision Remotes, um, which is no longer in existence. Right. Um, they <clears throat> folded into ProCam, and then Randy went over there, and I started working with ProCam after that, which is really cool because they do really high-level stuff. But, yeah, I was yeah, I worked in the worked in the bay, in the, in the prep bay at Remotes, uh, prepping the cranes, prepping the heads. Um, nothing stabilized, never got to do it, never got that far. But, um, yeah, prepping the heads and stuff, going into my off days, eventually I started getting a few bucks, getting paid for it, and then eventually I got sent out on a job with, um, uh, one of the, one of the premier kind of techno-crane guys in the world. He was one of the first guys that came over here with the cranes from England, Joe Mm. Rodmel, who, Mm. if anyone's listening and anyone knows techno-cranes, they know who Joe Rodmel is, um, and so he was gracious enough to take me out when I didn't really know too much, and then kind of just got into got into doing that. Worked on a lot of TV shows, did some worked on some movies, worked on some stuff with you know DPs who had letters after their name, which was really really cool. And I was like 24, 25 years old, yeah. and I was like, holy crap, on set with Jeff Cronenworth is amazing. Um, yeah. And what be, movie did you do with him? I didn't do a movie. I, I worked on a Nike commercial with him, oh, which was really it. really really cool, yeah. really cool. One of the coolest days of my career. Cool. Um, why? Why was it so cool? It was just, I mean, it was awesome. It was it was Jeff, and it was football. I'm a huge football fan, so it was Marcus Mariota and Richard Sherman and Odell Beckham were there. Um, and we were doing fucking badass moves. Right. And on, com- on, on, on a techno. On a 50-foot techno yeah. at, a, at a high school in the valley somewhere. Um, he wanted these really shaky, high-energy moves. The final spot's absolutely incredible. If, you, if anyone's listening, they want to see it. It's called Nike... Um, so fast. Mm. It's a Nike ad, and with uh, you know every single athlete you could name in it. Um, but I only did the portion with the football players. But you said it was shaky. He had his grip rig a piece of speed rail to the front of the crane and just mm-hmm. shake the crane when it was moving. Really, just r- ripping it around, shaking it. It was really fun. So his dolly grip is on the front, and I got to swing, which was cool. Because if you're a second tech, if you're a second tech. You'll swing sometimes when there's no specific dolly grip, but 
most of the time, if you're working on a TV show or a movie, you show up in the second tech, you you, throw, you you plug all the cables in, you throw the weights up, you might rig the head up, and then you go sit on the Apple box yeah. and not really do anything all day. You can get people coffee and, yeah. you know, you know, uh, help out when you're needed, help out. The first text normally on the pickle, no? The first text usually on the pickle. Which is the which is the telescope. Which telescopes the, the, which the, telescopes the, the crane, and then a dolly grip's usually on the bucket, which is basically swinging it, just right. swinging it the way right. you swing a jib. I, and by the way, I've seen some unbelievable dolly grips do all of it. Oh yeah, there's a yeah, there's the that's uh, crazy, and, and, and that's actually common on the TV shows where the, where yeah. either either one guy would do both or um, two dolly grips from the show. So even the first tech mm-hmm. on the crane would we we would sit on Apple Box together and do nothing. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. because a lot of the TV shows they have such a rhythm. Remember, yeah, Glee, they know what they know what yeah. size they want to land yeah. out Glee, already. Glee was one of them. I remember working yeah. on Glee a few times, and those dolly grips on there. I wish I remember their name because they were unbelievable. But they had a, like a chalkboard basically, or, or you know, a, a whiteboard where they had marked off how many musical performances they'd done. Mm-hmm. And by the time I got to the show, they were like in the multiple hundreds. They were mm-hmm. like six, seven hundred. These dolly groups had done six or seven hundred performances together on techno cranes. So you would show up. They knew exactly where the crane was right. going. They didn't have to ask any questions. You threw the weights on. You're the amateur. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You threw the weights yeah. on. Uh, crane goes to the spot where it's going, and you just sat on. Sat, sat all day and, and Interesting watched. you say Glee. I never watch that show too much, but the the operator I believe was Andrew Mitchell. Andrew Mitchell, who who I don't have never met. I yeah. don't I don't know at all. Unbelievable operator. But his he work's did, been you know he did, he did the OJ show. He did he works on basically anything Ryan Murphy produces. But he um, didn't do he didn't do horror story. He did some horror story. Oh, did he really? He did. Oh. I because I worked with him on that too on Crane. He did the hotel one. I did some of the hotel yeah. one. Um, yeah, but whether was... he was day playing or not, I'm not really sure. But he, huh. he was 100 percent on the well, show. There were a lot of units. On there. Yeah. <laughs> there, were, there were a lot of units going on. Oh that yeah, show. yeah, yeah. Um, I remember working with him out at Greenfield Ranch one day. It was really, really fun. They oh uh, cool. Loaded up. They, it was like a flashback scene, and they loaded up the whole ranch with like period cars from the 19 teens and yeah. old Model Ts and stuff. It was really, really cool. That um, show does some crazy steady here. Yeah, yeah. Unlike like most of my stuff. Yeah. Was on like a fourteen point five mil. Yeah, they really let. I mean, Andrew Mitchell's one of the. I mean, premier guys in the TV world, and he just they. He, there's a lot of trust in him, and he gets to do some well, really, uh, really awesome stuff. My brain. And the OJ is show is incredible. Right Versace's now. shot amazingly. Oh, he did that. Yeah. No, my brain is failing me, but there's a guy. Uh, I feel like a jerk. Uh, <laughs> I can't think of his name. I, d- I don't know him, but he's he's kind of he set the Steadicam look for. American Horror, and he started in season one or, or season two. I can't remember, but he did a lot of it. Cool. Yeah. So <clears throat> when I was coming in, I heard, you know, and I knew the guy, and I can't remember his name. I feel bad. <laughs> but, I mean, unbelievable work. Yeah. Like, and a lot of Steadicam really da- shows. Really kind of daring, like, you know, really, really? Out- outside the box yes. Steadicam work on yes. TV. Because most Steadicam work on TV is very safe. Yeah. Yeah, really you're safe, right. really simple. A lot of really Dutch stuff. Yeah. A lot of really, but super Low controlled. Angle, super wide lenses. Super Dutch. wide lenses. Yeah. Yeah. Long super moves, wide. uncut moves, really ballsy oneers where they probably didn't even yeah. shoot too much coverage for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, really cool. Really ballsy editing. Really cool stuff. Well, the or editing, la- or lack I don't of know. editing. Yeah, lack, lack of editing, I mean. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. they really, really, really letting shots breathe and stuff like that. Really no. doing some cool high energy stuff, which you don't see a lot on TV. No, you're right. And like great for the actors and, and just. 
great for production design because they they can show off these giant sets. Yeah. It's not oh, yeah. it's not like single 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 yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. It's like really different. It's not necessarily my kind of show, but I watched I think most of season two yeah. and I, I I was blown away by yeah. it. Um, and they shot on thirty five for a lot of it, which is good to mention too. Well, when I was there, we shot on thirty five and sixteen every day. That's so cool. That is so cool. It's fun to do. Was that who's? Oh, there were a bunch of second unit guys. Yeah, there's so many sec- I'm I was second unit. There's so many with, second unit DPs. God, now I feel bad. I can't think of his name. The, the the DP who I was working with on, who who was the DP of the show on the hotel. Oh my God! Come on, he's a, he, he was he's one of the chair members of the, or was the president of the ASC. Oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Mm, God. Anyway, remember. yeah. <laughs> Let's this is really bad at remembering. Let's names. not embarrass Good. ourselves yeah. too badly. Good. There were a lot of second unit DPs. Yeah. So, like in my few days there, I think every single day we had a different one. Michael Goy, that's his name. Michael Goy is yes. the, is the main dude. You're you're absolutely yep. right. He did most of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> um, I did not work with him. I worked nope. with all the sec- second unit people. Um, I forget where I was going with that. Um, but it was super. Fun yeah. show to work on, but um, so so you were doing all this stuff, and then what? You just bought a rig, like well, you were doing all the crane work. Actually, then... again, harkening back to that first little short I worked on, there was a steady cam day, and I, I can't remember the operator's name to save my life, which is I feel again, God, we're bad at this. If it was um, me, pretend it wasn't. It was not. It was a guy who I have not heard from since. He just kind of came in and did some stuff, and I've never really seen him around since then. Um, I remember seeing him walk in the door with the rig and just going like, holy shit, what is that? And watching how it worked, immediately oh, you did. I was smitten. Oh, I saw I saw this. But he didn't. Can... He didn't go holy shit. No, no, no. I, was, I was looking at the, I was, yeah, I was like, it's his first time doing it. Uh, no, uh, he was pretty experienced, I think. Um, <laughs> he seemed like an older guy. I think I remember him being like in his mid to late 30s, maybe. But I, Ancient. Remember, I remember seeing him. <laughs> He had some experience, Brad, is what I'm saying. He wasn't some he wasn't some film school kid with a zephyr. I got um, it, I got it. But I remember seeing him and just going, wow, that is that's it. That's my ticket. Well, I yeah. don't know what that is, but I'm doing that. All I don't right. and I don't know how it works. I don't know anything, but I was like, that looks so freaking cool. Um and I always had a steady cam in the back of my mind, and by the time I'd got into this crane world. You know, you're making tech rates, and I'd, I've been, you know, the most I'd probably ever made on a shoot ever, dolly gripping, was like 250 300 bucks. Mm-hmm. Not, I never, I didn't even get to the point where I was working on union shows as a dolly grip, so I was I was making some pretty, pretty, you know, pedestrian rates. Mm-hmm. Um, average was, you know, 150 175 So I was paying my bills, but I wasn't obviously getting anywhere. With Technocrane, immediately bumped up to tech rates, you know, either 550 or 750 mm-hmm. depending on if you're first or second tech. And so I never made that much money in my life, obviously. And mm-hmm. um, that, that's what allowed me to buy my first rig, finally. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd been borrowing a rig owned. This was before the movie came out. And, you know, DPs would own their own movies now. But, or this DP would have owned a movie now. Like that he, but he, he, this was before they came out. So he bought a Steadicam rig, think, like a little, a little knockoff. Thinking he'd do it himself. Thinking he'd of. do it himself and then tried it on and was like, nope. It's too hard. I'm not doing this. And so he was like, hey, if you learn how to do this, I'll let you do it on my shoots, um, and you can borrow it whenever you want. Brilliant. 
Yeah, it was great. So it was, you know, crappy little knockoff rig. Yeah. But it got me going. It, yeah. I got, I got to learn the basics on my, it. My my first gig ever was with literally a home built mid it, a rig. It was it was made out of uh, like plumbing. Pipes. Oh my god, that's amazing. Swear to God. I think Charles Pappert has a photo of him in his home built rig when he was like nineteen or something like that. Yeah. Which is yeah. incredible. And and it, it's it's not necessarily whether the thing works perfectly. It's the idea of it. Yeah, you it teaches you the principles. Right, and because by the way, at the very beginning, you suck anyway. Oh yeah. So that the shitty rig you, you have is time. more than good for what you oh, can yeah. do. Oh <laughs> yeah. And what anyone's expecting. Right. Yeah, and definitely Absolutely. what anyone's expecting. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so so that's a great way to that's yeah. a great way to get involved. Yeah, uh, it just um, low pressure too. It was bonus super material. low pressure. But no one was planning on, you know, he he, no one was selling the shoot on Steadicam. So he right. would just be like, oh, and you're cool, already so by on the, the show way, kind of thing. Yeah, I was already on the show, right, pro- usually pushing Dolly. Right, and they'd be like, oh, so we got a Steadicam shot now. My Dolly grip's gonna do it, and I would put the rig on and do it. It was really cool. And then at a certain point, I was doing the crane stuff enough, and I had enough uh, money where I could buy an old three A. Original 3A. Oh, you want uh, a 3A? 3A arm, 3A sled. All original 3A sled minus an Anton Bauer mount, but the other thing was ancient. The monitor would cut out. I would have to tap it and then take mm. just to get the, the old green screen CRT. Well, those were, that particular CRT is notoriously problematic. Yeah. And the image was about <laughs> the size of a postage stamp. It was, yeah, it was three on, three inch. Three inches. Three inches. Yeah. And on anamorphic, it was, yeah, it was about one inch by two and a half inches. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And that's how I learned to shoot. It was great. It's that's a rig for young men. Yes, because your is... vision's still good. You yeah. Can, oh yeah. You can spot that. They're thing. bright. They're bright though. Still brighter than any of the color monitors now. Um, but yeah, so I learned on the 3A. I'm still a, wait, wait. Speaking of that, are you, okay? You just said brighter than the color monitor. The reason you said that is because that's a green screen. Yeah. A CRT. Uh, yeah. A CRT green yeah. screen. Uh, which which is still a thing today. Yep. Which all these other rigs. I I, I currently own three green screens. <laughs> I have my old rig, yeah. my master series, mm-hmm. and I have a backup for that yeah. for that monitor. So I have two of those, and then I have a TB6 with my Pro. Yeah, which is an incredible piece of equipment. Right. It's st- razor sharp. It's green, but it's super sharp, super bright. I, I still contrast. I still can't figure out why guys get rid of them. Yeah. I, I get the idea that they want to see color and stuff. Like, it would be nice to see color because the whole image is yeah. green. And I, I understand that. But, like, like it's it's a – I don't know. It's just – I'm of number one, I'm 20 years. Yeah. Uh, using green screen. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm an old – I'm an old – I'm not that old, but I'm old. And, and so I'm a little hooked in my own ways. But – what, explain to me the color thing because I've I've talked to so many other people about it before that so many people have switched to to, to LCD monitors. I mean, even old guys, yeah, they just switch to them like like nothing, and they don't really like them. I don't think from what I've heard. I don't understand. I mean, it's great for me because like TB sixes are super cheap now. <laughs> I mean, you you I mean you you could probably tell me better, but I think. There's more maybe responsibility on. I think the idea is that guys want to know what the guys want to be able to see the image razor sharp, see if they're seeing light, see if they're seeing stands. Which I mean, at least for my monitor, I know that wasn't a thing. Like you could barely make out what you were looking at. Oh, which out, outside of the person's face you were shooting. You're talking about a three A monitor. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not looking at a tiny. Yeah. I'm looking at a, 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 yeah. a seven six yeah. inch. Um, but uh, I don't. I, I don't really know. I mean, it, like, it's one of those things where it's like it's just procedural now. It's like you just get a trans video. That's what you do. 
Mm. And so I think a lot of guys just do it just to do it. And I think, I think it's like maybe it's like a covering your ass type of thing where it's like if people, if production or the DP or the director, someone wants you to be able to see color, wants you to be able to see razor sharp HD images for some reason, like uh, you know, not seeing certain walls or something maybe you couldn't make. I, I honestly don't really have a good answer for that. Right. I don't really know. Well, I think it's just I think it's just procedure now. You just right. that's what you do. So it, people do it. It makes more it makes more sense to me in the days when you couldn't do that. Right. In the days with with film where they were looking at a black and white tap too. Yeah. And a shitty wireless like modulus 2000 yeah. wireless image mm-hmm. that broke up a bunch and wasn't, you know, was super standard def like below standard like 480p kind of thing. Yeah. And that's when the operator needed to be able to see everything. Yes. Nowadays, even if I'm looking, I could be looking at, like, a mostly black screen with some sketches on it. The DP would see everything, mm-hmm. and the director, and yep. the all, 84 producers in the yep. in the chairs behind them. They can all see the, 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 the orange cone. Yeah. So that's why these days I'm like, I just don't, yeah. I don't get the excitement for it because I've tried it. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Like, I would like to see color. I just like to have also the attributes of the super bright monitor that I can look at in the sun. Yeah. No, yeah, I don't really have a good reason for it. I mean, obviously for me, it Maybe was, I'm too hardcore. I, 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 I wasn't know. taking, maybe if I had a TV6, I would have stuck with it longer. But obviously, you know, a 3A monitor was so rudimentary compared to even the most basic color monitor now. I think it had two, it had two or three buttons on it. It couldn't I get do that. anything. No, I totally get that. So that was just a natural transition for me. But yeah, I mean, well, honestly, I don't it's natural now for a new yeah. guy buying a rig to mm-hmm. buy or new, yeah. or new hopefully and just since I said new guy yeah. new women yeah. I wish there were yeah, more yeah, yeah. female yeah. operators I really do no mm-hmm. that, that's the truth I do cause well anyway yeah. uh, we have some we've had some great female operators but anyway I don't know why yeah, I'm I think, I think it's the kind of job that can scare people off but no I think it is too but um, the creativity look mm-hmm. Rachel Morrison was just yeah. nominated for an Academy Award that's not, that's not a yeah. gimme. It'd be better like, to that's have not some, some bullshit. It'd be, it'd be better to have. I mean, uh, it'd be better to have different points of view and stuff in the thing too. In 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 the I world agree. of filmmaking, because why? Well, go ahead, sir. I mean, I mean, especially, I mean, change is good. Period. But for an industry that is the old guard of the industry is old white guys from Southern California for the most part, and that's just a fact. And, I mean, those guys had a way of doing things. And, I mean, obviously, some of the greatest people working in the film industry today are of that um, uh, lineage. But, you know, they did things in a certain way, and they all agreed with each other that that was the right way to do things. And when any new viewpoint is introduced, you can shake things up and do things in a better, different way. And, I mean, even, I mean, regardless of race or gender, you know, younger people... And people of different backgrounds are going to have a different way of looking at things, period. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the amount of the, the way we were talking about Andrew Mitchell and how much color and, 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 uh, and pizzazz he brings to what, what would otherwise be boring television shooting. I mean, there's a reason why television shooting is done the way it is, because that's just the way it's done. It's established that, that that's how you shoot. You shoot the master, you shoot some overs, you do this, you do that. Your steady cam shots are generally boring and that's really what you do. And so to have anyone that kind of, that that can come in and shake up the mold is uh, uh, is good. Different viewpoints are yeah. Different viewpoints are only beneficial. 
No, it's 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 an important point about women because there are so few female operators. Yeah, and and even fewer steady cam operators. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I meant steady cam. Yeah, yeah, no, the yeah. the, the, the yeah. fact is the fact is uh, across yeah. operating too. You're totally right, and I I know some really great female operators, yeah. and like. Like I think about like big operators and stuff. Liz Ziegler. Yeah. It's the only one who did Eyes Wide Shut. Janice, um, Janice Arthur did some great Janice stuff. Janice Arthur. Yeah. Well, I'm you know I'm not super familiar with her resume. Right. But I know she's been around a long yeah. time and I know she's super knowledgeable. Yeah. Well, I don't know all the stuff she's worked. I, I think on. it's the kind of thing. And also it it on the surface level. I mean, you're a big guy. I'm a big guy. People will probably come up to us and go. All, people come up to you all the time and probably go, oh, man, you're right. perfectly built for Steadicam. Right. And sometimes right. they go, I'm not. Right. Anyone can be good at it. Yeah. There's the, Some of the greatest operators are five foot seven and 140 pounds. There's no there's advantages and disadvantages to every single body type in this. It's a really it's an interesting job in that way. Most people look at a big guy who's six foot three or six they foot five. They think in order to carry the weight. Right. But, that you have but to then do there's it. power right. to weight ratios and little guys, sure. uh, uh, little smaller builds. Smaller men, smaller women can, uh, there's, they take fewer and softer footsteps. They are lower to the ground. They can get angles that we can't get. They can, um, they're carrying around less total weight. So a really fit guy who's, and more importantly, a really fit person who's five foot six and 150, if they're fit, they can go longer than someone who's 230 pounds because they're carrying overall, they're carrying less weight. And well, they can be more nimble and agile and they can do just completely different right, things. Right. Well, two things. One is, the, the the breadth of the job does not have to do with how many takes you can do. Yeah. You know that. It, it, you know, it's once in a while you have to dig in deep a little bit when yeah. you're when you're like, ugh. And yeah, you know, when your back you know, is on yeah, fire. Yeah, no, and, and they just ask you for one more. Yeah. And you do, okay. Yeah. And now as you, in my situation, I'll never say okay unless I'm okay to do it. Yeah. Like, and you fight through a little bit of, you know, muscle pain, whatever. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand of why it's good... Or why, I don't know what I was answering. The point is, females have a different perspective. That's yeah. what I was trying to get at. Yeah. Like, I work with a couple of different female directors who are awesome and who have a different perspective and are, gr- like, super great to work with. And I have male directors, male DPs, whatever, that I are super great to work with. But it's a, the, everybody has a different it's perspective. Good to sh- it's just, it's, I just think it should yeah, be open to yeah, everybody. It's, it's good to shake things up, too, especially in the right. camera department. I love – and honestly – Look, look like, at a ballet, look at a ballet yeah, dancer, yeah. Most, of, most of whom are female. Yeah. Do you doubt for one second that a professional ballet dancer could put a Steadicam on and do a that beautiful they shot? Be, and they wouldn't be incredible at it? Right. Yeah. I don't yeah, either. But, but I think it's. I a, think it would be like it's a instant. surface level thing that scares people away. And no, I uh, think you're right. Um, there's a. I'm actually assisted, assisting, assistant instructing, at a workshop this week, and I was really pleased to see a handful of handful of uh, young, oh, really? women, young women on the roster oh, that are showing up, which I'm really, which I'm really excited for. That's but, cool. Um, but uh, oh, I had something to say too, and I totally forgot about it. Forgot what it was. Um, <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. Well, well I was going to ask you before because we're 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 yeah. running. Oh, but I was going to. Oh, this is what I was going to say. Go ahead. I was going to say. Ahead. Yeah, sure. in, in just even politically on set, it's good to have um, different genders, people of different backgrounds, because you know, 
especially when you're young and um especially when you're young and especially male there's so much competitiveness and mm -hmm. ego and things that need to be diffused and when there's nothing from top to bottom you know then the uh, the I'm sure it goes the same way if it was an entirely female set mm. where if you have a homogenous crew top to bottom you're going to have competing viewpoints and competing mm -hmm. people and, and and competing um competing viewpoints and competing egos and stuff like that and it right. just doesn't it, it it things that get in the way of accomplishing the shot right. are detrimental no matter you think teamwork how, gets stifled maybe a little bit yeah it gets stifled because right. people stop doing things for the right reasons and people right. start doing them for selfish but it's, reasons but it's or also, egotistical but it's reasons really or, nice to have different viewpoints and different yeah. and and when you have and when you have uh, a female director and a male camera operator or vice versa or a male there's there's no you know <laughs> there's no uh, sorry to use the phrase but I use it all the time so I want to be honest about it there's no dick measuring going on there's no like yeah. male competition right. going on between mm -hmm. the two people. There's no like, oh, is this guy stepping on me? There's just less. There's less welling up of emotions no, and right. stuff like that no, when you have when you right. have a staggered or mixed or not homogenous group yeah. of people. I yeah. mean, that's true. You can tell all over the world. It's just true. I, like, I've brought in on on being, on one or two progressive and being forward thinking is directly correlated to how diverse your population is. It goes for right. every country in the world for the most right. part. Right. Yeah. No, and you know, uh, I've I've brought in when I've done a camera on stuff and been able to recommend or bring in like a B camera operator. I've brought in female operators before, not only because they're female for sure not, because yeah. they're fantastic operators, and there's none of that what you just talked yeah. about, like yeah. none of it. Yeah. It's just it's just cool. There's it's just, just things like, that you there's right, just things and that um, and I'll happily and I'll happily yeah, yeah. and I'll happily uh, uh, come in and do B camera for them. Yeah. But so the question that I was trying to get at before was what what's your what color is your monitor? I think that's where we started with this. <laughs> it went down a bad road. No, not a bad no, road, no, but it, a, a difficult every, road. Every road, a road is, that's a road that's hard to have a good. No, every on. road is fine. Yeah. But 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 where where do you? want to go in your career because how, how old are you now I, I actually don't know i'm gonna turn 30 this year oh cool yeah. okay so which i can't wait for honestly well, it's not that big a difference no i just I, people when i tell people i'm 29 if i work on a bigger job and i tell people i'm 29 they look at me like oh really what did you so who's, just tell who's, me 30. Who's, who's ass did you kiss to get here so just tell me you're 31 like well i guess i could do that <laughs> I forgot that lying is an option. <laughs> no, no. Um, well, I do. I definitely don't. No, well, where do you, where, where do you want to be? I mean, because, you know, when I was 30, I was, I was kind of where you yeah. are. I was close-ish um, to where you are. And, and you, by the way, you have a shit ton more credits than I had when I was 30, I think. I think I moved here when I was 20. I think more things are getting made too. I think there's just a ton, a ton more production even happening. There's a so, lot of content. Yeah, and, that's true. And, and, and there's probably as many good things out there as there were 20 years ago when there was 10 times less content. <laughs> there's still probably about 10 good things out there <laughs> between, you know, now there's 350 shows on between television and streaming as opposed to 30, and still about 10 of them are good. Right. But uh, uh, I well, don't. How do you deal with that? How do you deal with that? With, with sometimes being like, 
I don't like the project. Sometimes, most okay. of the time. Oh, that's that's a that's a feeling I have. Okay, well, let's take music videos out of this. Right. Okay. Oh, even I'm talking about like narrative kind of stuff. Even narrative. No, that's really yeah. what I'm talking about. Because music videos, if you're not into the style of music, then you're not gonna like it. So whatever. But, but like narrative stuff, you don't you don't like a lot of the narrative stuff. You end up working not on. Not really. And why? Um, why not? I don't. I well, I I also have low expectations. I think. I mean, it's. Being disappointed, um, I think being disappointed is based on what your expectations were or what your prior experience was. If you were used to working on really, really good stuff and you work on something that's crap, that's a disappointment. But if you're, but if, I mean, this is probably insulting calling everything crap, but like, I mean, just not, just not, I'm not working on prestige TV. I'm not working on Sopranos. I never have, you know, might not in the future, but like. Um, well, let me if, give you. If let, you're brought up working on n- less than optimal stuff, like I'm used to no one ever seeing something I work on, or you know maybe it's a. But so so when it's so that's what's normal for me. Is I get is, it. Is, I get is, it. Is, is I kind get of. It. Let me let me give you a reality yeah. check. I'm not working on the Sopranos either. I've worked on some stuff I'm really proud of. Yeah. I've worked on some stuff that. Um, is really content-wise, is really good, really good writing, really good yeah. acting, really good, you know, and I've worked on stuff where I wasn't so super happy about the writing or whatever, but my work, I felt, was pretty good in it, you know? And that's that's mostly what I look for now. Right. Is hopefully I did a good job. And then if it's good, it's just bonus. Everybody, it's, just, it's bonus material. Everybody wants to work on Goodfellas. Yeah, yeah. But even, or but, Sopranos. But even working on, I worked on a movie called Ingrid Goes West, which... Um, was a really it was a small movie. It wasn't a big budget. Um, day played on it. Probably did six or seven days total. The first AC, who was a really really good friend of mine, brought me on. Worked with the great DP Bryce Fortner, who's absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, I went in to work with my friends. Went in to do some good footage. Went in to make you know a few people happy, mm-hmm. and that's all I was expecting. Yeah, you know, almost two years later, this movie's winning awards at the Independent Spirit Awards. Oh, and cool. it did really well at Sundance, and that was just bonus. You know, I cool. only did seven days on that, but the feeling I was getting, even from being a part of something good, when well, I had no expectations for what I was working. Well, how'd on, you feel at the time, though? Be I, honest. I, I mean, I, I didn't have any clue whether the movie was good or bad because yeah, I was based working on, on the, the whole stuff, thing. To based on the stuff you shot, what did you think? You thought, I, thought it was I mean I thought what we shot was great. Oh okay, yeah. Good. Okay. Yeah, All but right. but you I mean there's so Have you ever have you ever worked on something you're like, this is this is pretty great and then you see it later or you hear about it and it's garbage. Because I have. <laughs> I, I honestly don't know. I have a lot. I honestly don't know. I think my expectations have just been so low. I tend, to be, I an opt- I tend to be an yeah. optimist on set. I expect everything to be pretty good. Yeah. I try to be, you know, whatever. But the fact is, it's just not. And, you know, not everybody is Aaron Sorkin or whoever, yeah. you know. And, and you can't have every movie be a breakout hit. Look... There are many, many operators um, who work on stuff every day that's good, bad, different, whatever. And and there are some operators who were nobody working day after day on whatever they could get their hands yeah. on kind of thing. And then they get a call for this low-budget movie, and it wins Oscars yeah. and stuff. Like, that stuff happens mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I, not all the time. And for me, that felt like a little mini version of that. Right. 
right. no Which Oscars or anything, but like, yeah, yeah, no, it, winning it, it any awards. something yeah, good. Yeah, seeing and, a director who right. I worked with on stage on a, on TV was pretty cool. That's right. great. It was really fun. No, no, that's fa- it's a, it's a good feeling, and you feel yeah. part of that, right? Yeah. And I, I mean, and because I, you are a big I, part of that. I have a good feeling in me currently, which is I can't wait to feel that good feeling more. And I know I will, and that's right. a, that's 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 my optimistic feeling well, moving forward. Is that I know I will work on that. Well, going stuff. but going I know back I'm to your see pre- more things that are going back to my previous goal. What was your what what is your? Do you want to move work on big movies? You want to work on TV? What do you want to work on? So, I don't really fully know. I've kind of been flying by the seat of my pants for my entire career. So mm-hmm. we'll see where it goes. I'll. I'll know in the moment what's the right thing and what's the wrong thing. But the only indication I've gotten that was a real hard marker for what I find to be um, a goal of mine is when I saw Mad Max Fury Road. Mm-hmm. I was no in no way could have ever been even close to a level to work on that as a day player. I mean, the guys who worked on that, Andrew Johnson and Mark Golanick, they're A-list guys. They're fantastic. Um but when I saw that movie, I was like, I will regret for the rest of my career that I wasn't able to be a part of that. That Like something, so that's, for me in terms of what I want to work on, that was kind of the holy grail for me. Hmm. Action, high concept action, incredible practical that's your, stunts. That's your dream movie. I would love, I I mean, I, I, I love action movies. I love, um. Well, wait, wait, that's your dream movie. What's another dream movie? I'm to work on is a little different than to watch. I love I I mean I love Paul Thomas yeah, yeah, Anderson but... movies. Obviously anyone would, would love to work on that or Coen Brothers stuff, but when it comes to like high octane fun, I Fast and the Furious. I would love to work on uh-huh. Fast and the Furious or a Mission Impossible movie or something mm-hmm. like that. Just high octane top of top level stuff. I mean for, yeah, but you know, Second Unit part. does most of that stuff. Oh, I know. I'd be happy to work on Second <laughs> Unit on that. I love that stuff. No, I would. I would. I would too. Yeah. I, I have a friend who does a lot of Second yeah, Unit I would stuff love, in this but, movie. But, but, but I mean, like... for the most part, in terms of being getting that adrenaline yeah. feeling, that feeling that I don't get anymore, not being in the military or playing football in high school, uh-huh. like the feeling I used to get comes from those kind of shoots. Mm. And like ostensibly, a movie like. From like you know, blowing cars up and flipping shit over. Ostensibly, a movie like Inside Lewin Davis, a, a, a really, really solid drama that is a top level movie and my favorite kind of movies to watch, for the most part, is probably shot not too much differently than the stuff I work on currently. It's just at a higher level. But when you introduce stunts and 10 cameras and $300 million budgets, you are working in a realm that is, mm. like, you can't touch, even with Oscar-winning movies, you mm. can't touch that stuff. So stuff like that is really, like, I would, you know... Wait, I have a, I have a question for you. Yeah. You liked Inside Lewin Davis. <laughs> no, I love Lewin. Yeah, I love that movie. Did you really? I really did. I really liked it. I thought it was really funny. I thought it was okay, I good. Thought it was I'm glad someone liked I it. I liked you, I, I love Coen I think, Brothers. I movies. think you might be in the minority on this one. Uh, okay. I love that movie. I love Coen Brothers movies. Yeah. It, that one did not get yeah. me. But, uh, it just didn't. But uh, uh, what's 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 your goal? <laughs> um, uh, to get out of the business as fast as I can. <laughs> I I definitely know that. Like, I mean, uh, I mean that as a joke, but yeah. it's kind of honest. Look, yeah. the truth is, the truth is. 
the 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 world is not how it used to be. The 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 business of film is not what it used to be. Yeah. It's still good in some ways and it's much, much worse in other ways. Yeah. You know? And and I still enjoy it. I still enjoy the work. Um there are other things I won't I won't go all super negative, but there yeah. are other things that are are undeniably not fun. Yeah. That used to be fun. Yeah. It used to be a less of an issue. So for me, I'm trying to find my place in this world. This part of me doing this podcast yeah. is finding my my place in what I love to do and talk about, and and making it a positive thing and not because some yeah. sometimes it's tough. Yeah. You know that. I mean, everything. Um, <clears throat> so everything I don't know what its, my goals. Are. Everything has its negatives, and I think. I mean. I can't possibly be wiser than you because I haven't had as much experience, but I think as someone who's currently in the midst of a, a, a career that is constantly changing, I'm right. like, I'm young, I'm moving between, sure. I can feel progress or lack of progress very mm-hmm. easily. It's very, yeah. it's very immediate to me right now. Yeah, yeah. So I think the, th- the, th- the thing that I know gets me depressed or gets me happy is change or lack of change. And um, I, because you could... I mean, I find myself in this point right now where I'm too young to be feeling as negative as I do about certain things. I'm too new, <laughs> but the but the thing is, is it's 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 working on the it's working on similar projects, it's working on the same stuff, and those negative things that are completely glazed over when you're excited to be there become the only thing that you notice because the thing that brought you to that, the thing that got you excited in the first place, is gone because you've been doing it for too long. Mm. So like moving between things and change and you know someone who says see I'm the opposite I think yeah. that I think some of the negative stuff erases when you're excited to be there well well you know what I mean yeah I mean well, well that's a kind of chicken and the egg conversation I uh, think a little bit yeah, yeah sure but I think I think what's exciting I mean if you're excited to be there it's no I, I mean fundamentally I don't think you can be excited for something that you've done a million times it, maybe I'm wrong in saying that, but like the the reason well, I don't know about the, the million times saying the but. reason you'd get excited for something is because it's new or bigger or different or a mm-hmm. challenge or something you haven't previously faced before. So that's it's a hard. This is a hard industry to keep fresh because it is so desirable and so um, high energy and creative and emotional. And I mean, it's obviously you're your daily emotions are wrapped up in your work a lot of the time or how things are going. It's hard. It's you get used. It's like, it's like being a drug addict who gets really, really used to high powered drugs. Mm-hmm. You, nothing will satisfy you if you're used to something that other people outside of the film industry find extremely desirable. People, you know, people outside of the film industry will go like, how can you possibly be sad or, you know, be negative doing what you're doing? And it's like, well, it's cause I'm used to it now mm-hmm. and there's nothing new or different that really keeps it fresh. And I think that's the key. And the thing that keeps me really excited is knowing that that will change. Yeah. 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 And well, I mean, what I've learned being older than you, mm-hmm. not by much, <laughs> but by a lot. Um, what I've what I've learned is it will change in certain ways, but most of the way it changes in is in the money. I believe it. Yeah. So the jobs are the same. The money's more. Yeah. You know, and and yes, you get better technicians, you get better whatever. You don't necessarily get better directors. You don't. You know, yeah, I mean, I yeah. look. The, the 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 truth is, like everybody's one step away from their big break, 
and yeah. some people get it and don't deserve yeah. it and some people deserve it for a yeah. long time and never get it yeah. you know so so you know I, I don't know I'm not saying I know more than you because I think your perspective is interesting and and valid I I, I, <laughs> I don't know uh, more than you but um, but I think I think it's interesting yeah. and I, I I'm I'm so happy to talk to you yeah. uh, I'm interested what will happen over the next 10 years for you. Yeah, me too. And, uh, no, and knowing, we'll, knowing, have to, we'll have to talk then yeah, and, and, f- and find out. And uh, since we're kind of coming to a natural conclusion here, I think a good <laughs> thing to remember is I constantly have to tell myself this, is uh, if something— Who are you talking to? No, if, if, if something—if so, if you are feeling that way about things and, and you— and, this is a career where I mean, this is this is an industry full of manic depressives and drug addicts and alcoholics <laughs> and people who are people who are miserable when ostensibly they should not be miserable. Right. And right. there's a reason for that. And I think the thing there's a reason why George Clooney has a tequila company. And there's a reason why he, you know, like the most successful guy in the world does things outside the film industry to stay happy. He hangs out in Mexico with his friends and makes tequila. Like he clearly is not getting all the satisfaction he needs in the world from the thing that he's completely famous for mm-hmm. and i think that that applies to anybody who's in a career like this so keeping it's an interesting yeah, example keeping like it, yeah. keeping keep keeping your life in constant constant change is good fresh ideas are good trying new things are good hobbies are great so i think if there's anything to remember keep keep moving don't stay in one, <laughs> don't, don't, don't stay in one place don't stay in one place and keep moving and try different things and cool. do things that you wouldn't necessarily have considered an option in the first place i i think that's a great that's a great uh philosophy i like it thanks for talking to me man absolutely brad thank you for having me thanks again to colin i really enjoyed our chat and i hope you enjoyed listening to it as always if you want to contact me you can do so at walking backwards podcast at gmail.com